Hello and welcome back to The Spin Down, a podcast about everything I hate, everything I love, and everything in between. Sorry for that weird pause, I kind of forgot where I was and uh, what I was doing. Um, so, uh, since, since we last uh, listened to each other, um, my apartment is significantly warmer. Um, I didn't realize how cold it was getting until uh, the heat just stopped working one night and... Uh, I had to text my maintenance guy, and he came and he fixed it, and now it's it's just ever so much toastier. In fact, it's often too toasty, but um, I'd rather have that than absolutely no heat at all. Um, although it was pretty warm in Chicago today, uh, which I was excited about. I'm not excited about the snow that's coming tomorrow. I hate snow. Um, snow in Chicago is particularly terrible because of uh, dibs. Uh, I don't... I don't... I know I've read about this, but my brain immediately deletes it after insertion because it's just so asinine. Just the, the the process of shoveling out a spot and sticking crap in it. And this last snowfall, somebody, I don't think it was actually a dibs mattress, but the the uh, juxtaposition, the timing was, was right. Someone left a twin-size mattress in the street right where cars would park. And uh, so I just called it dibs mattress, but it's just... It's just a ridiculous tradition, and uh, it's it's mostly frowned upon. It's pretty much illegal, but we don't enforce it because, you know, people are getting shot. We have to not enforce that. So I'm really excited for this next snowfall. Um, it's, just, it's supposed to be much more snow, and I hope uh, the dibs get truly crazy. Uh, the last snowfall, I watched someone with a snowblower which is like magic snow removal, just meticulously clear out their one spot in front of their house and then put their traffic cones in it. And I'm thinking, you know, you have a goddamn snowblower. You are literally putting forth so little effort. Why not just do the entire, like, and it was like a short block. And I'm like, just do all of the spots in your block and just be a nice person. Why do you have to be such an asshole? Like... Just the, the stories about dibs are, are insane. This this one family on the south side with a with a severely uh, ill baby that needs around-the-clock care. Like, they, they put out some dibs for their baby's nurse, and people got shitty about that. And I'm like, that's a dibs I can get behind. I think they now put in handicap parking for the baby's nurses. But really, people? Little, little dying babies that can't breathe? You're going to mess up their nurse's car? Like, just Chicago, you're full of monsters. Not like fun Grover monsters at the end of this book, monsters. Just, just, just shitty people. Um, and, uh, because, well, people can't park in Chicago. That's why they get so freaked out about not having parking spaces, because I, the parking I've seen, just, like, inability to fill in space, uh, just terrified, idiotic, parallel parking, um, and it, it extends from people not being able to drive in Chicago. If I ever came into a lot of wealth and could just do anything with my time, uh, something I would do for quite a few years before I got bored would be to go around Chicago and just teach people how four-way stops work. Like, maybe I would write a terrible electronic dance song about how four-way stops work, but nobody understands it. And it's incredibly terrible to have any kind of four-way stop. But it's just, whoever stops first goes, 
And if there is a any confusion, it's the person on the right. I don't know. People people act like it's a race. Like I stop first, I go first. I'm so busy and important. No, no, you're not. You're just a dumb asshole like the rest of us running late for whatever you're doing because you couldn't get out of your parking spot because the the converse of people who obsessively shovel out their parking spots are uh, the people that just drive into a drift of snow. Um, I'm somewhere in the middle. I'll shovel some of the snow just enough to make sure my car doesn't get stuck because I don't dibs. So I'm like, I'm going to put forth a medium amount of effort to clean up this parking spot that I'm going to use briefly. Um, but yeah, people drive like dicks. I'm not even going to get started on the, on the freeway. It's just... Merging is insane. People don't want to merge. And I don't, I wouldn't even care if that people didn't know. If they would just stop being such assholes about it. Uh, my favorite, and uh, I'll put a diagram up on the Tumblr, because I drew a diagram uh, the other day, is when you're pulling out of a one-way street, and you're trying to turn, say, right, and then someone pulls up on your left and pulls out of the traffic, and they're trying to turn left, thereby... Um, making you incapable of seeing any traffic that is coming from the left. Uh, those people, I, I really want to punch in the testicles um, repeatedly with like a, a, a meat hammer. Is that what you call it? A meat hammer? A thing with meat tenderizer? I just want them to explode and ha or have explosive diarrhea at a really inconvenient time. My cat agrees. Like, why would you? Why would you do that? Why would you impede someone else's ability to be safe? Oh, because you're so busy and important. Sorry about that. I picked up my stocking hat to throw at my cat, um, which sounds like a terrible children's book because he was interrupting my podcast. Um, I don't know why he always has to meow at the most terrible of times. Anyway, so I'm really looking forward to. This next round of snowfall. I hope it's significant. I hope everyone is a dick about it. Um, I hope I get to park in filthy snow uh, drifts for the next, like, up, uh, until spring, frankly. I just want that shit to linger. I love it when the snow gets all dirty and gray. And I've been really disappointed in the, the, the repeated, like, snowing warming trend. Because really, I just... I want to wait until March to see all of the hidden dog shit everywhere. Um, seeing it in the middle of the uh, of the winter season is just anticlimax, and it just also makes me angry. Oh, hold on a second, listeners. Okay, I'm back. Uh, I just had to uh, stop someone from breaking into my apartment and uh, stealing my cats. So, uh, where was I? So, prayers to Fluffy Mackerel. Um... So the uh, audience interaction for this podcast is incredibly low, um, so I have no one to pray for. Um, so Fluffy Mackerel will go unworshipped uh, this podcast round and uh, probably smite us all for our insubordination. So uh, thanks for that, uh, listeners. If you would like me to pray for you, uh, pray for you, pray on your behalf to Fluffy Mackerel. Um, send your, uh, your need. And I know I don't go to church, but, you know, at church they pray for things like, you know, illness in the family or, uh, 
you know, I can't pay my rent this month. I would like a deity to pay it for me. So anything along that line. Uh, if I don't get some some stuff going, Fluffy Mackerel might have to uh, just go unprayed to. I'll have to find another segment. Uh, anyway, so advice. Uh, no one's asked me any questions either, so I'm just going to talk about how on Twitter uh, people were talking about advice, and I butted into the conversation, and I said, I give good advice. Um, they, they were talking about unsolicited advice, so uh, without realizing it, I was part of the problem. Um, but yeah, uh, some friends of mine were talking about how they have like some skin issues, and people are always like, did you change your detergent? Did you... Um, you know, stop bathing in poison ivy, uh, things like that, because everyone, and I can see how that's annoying, like, if I've tried everything for a problem, and people tell me, like, the most obvious things, like, like, when you call IT, and they're like, did you turn it off and turn it back on? Uh, no, because I am a complete piece of shit who doesn't know how the life works. Um, yes, I turned it off and turned it back on repeatedly while praying to Fluffy Mackerel. Um... But I can understand this impulse that people have because I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of a weird lady in, in that I have that man tendency to want to fix things. Like I want to have the answer that that someone didn't think of. I want to give them that aha moment moment, and then and then they'll say like, oh no, I never, you know, thought to bathe in the blood of 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 young virgin boys. That's exactly what I need to do. Um, so I'm guilty of giving unsolicited advice. I just uh, I just want to fix things. I just want to heal the world, make it a better place for you and for me. Mostly just you and me. The rest of the human race can uh, go fuck themselves because they don't know how to drive or park. Um, so uh, I've been trying to tell personal stories on the old podcast, but you can only tell so many of those. And this is only the third episode, really. It might even just be the second episode if you count the first episode as a pilot um, episode. So we don't know each other very well, so I should maybe lay back on the, the personal stories because they're pretty they're pretty intense, full of uh, really emotional emotional things. So I thought I would try telling a uh, a fairy tale, like retelling a fairy tale. Um, I do this at work occasionally. A few years ago, we had an author visit who uh, the books he's written are based on fairy tales. So I thought to promote the visit, I would retell a fairy tale. And, uh, you know, because I have shitty luck, um, I actually told Cinderella, which is what he was planning to tell. Um, so when he came and he started telling Cinderella, the kids were like, we've heard this already. And, you know, why don't you stutter as much as Miss Julie does? Um, but, uh, yeah, Cinderella is pretty great to tell to middle schoolers when you put all the details in. So um, I'll start off with Cinderella. Most of you know it. I'll move into more obscure fairy tales as the podcast goes on or doesn't go on it might just it might just end I have very little uh, stick-to-itiveness um, so Cinderella uh, lived with her mother and father uh, and was really close to both of them she was a good kid she loved her parents until uh, one day her mother died and uh, got buried out in the backyard as you do uh, and she was always sad uh, and so she would go up to that tree when she was sad, where her mother was buried, and just cry and talk about her problems. Um, the tree was basically like her live journal. Um, and she she kept growing up, and her father kept having needs, so he decided he'd get married again. 
He married this uh, wretched bitch with two terrible daughters uh, who were also wretched bitches. And they decided to make Cinderella do everything, like all the cleaning and all the cooking and all the, um, you know, cleaning out the cat box, things like that. Um, and they didn't do anything. And her dad, for some reason, just let them do this because he was, hadn't been laid in a long time. I don't know. Maybe she did something with her tongue, his new wife. Uh, but anyway, so Cinderella's life was shitty. And I didn't say shitty when I tell this to middle schoolers. I can I can get pretty salty, but I, I avoid like the major profanities. Um, so anyway, uh, aside ended, close parentheses. Uh, so this went on for a while until, you know, all the girls were teenagers and the prince of the, the kingdom, uh, his parents said, you know what, you need to get married and start having heirs because we're not going to live forever because this is like the Middle Ages and healthcare is really bad. So we need somebody to take over the throne uh, when you die. Uh, so uh, let's do this the logical way. Let's find a, a good match for you. Let's just throw a party, like three parties in a row, actually, because you never, you know, First party is mostly to just get your nervousness out of the way, and then the second party, like, you're finally, like, doing the Dougie right, and then the third party, maybe you'll meet somebody. So, um, yeah, meeting your, your life partner at a party is a great idea. It's not really. Don't do that, children. Um, so this prince and his parents threw these parties, and everyone in the kingdom was invited because um, I think maybe they'd reached a point where the inbreeding was really severe. I don't know why else they would invite everybody. Like, usually princes marry princesses from other kingdoms, and they make alliances and and sh political shit like that. But I guess this time they were like, you know, uh, we need to fix these buck teeth and crossed eyes and uh, undescended testes. So let's just open it up to everybody in the kingdom. So they did, and of course, Cinderella was like, oh, everybody could go. I just need a dress. And her sister said, hell no, you're going to get us ready and then you're going to stay here and sleep in the fireplace like you do Cinderella. I think she was named something else before they called her Cinderella because she was called Cinderella because she slept in the fireplace. Another name for her is Ash, Ash Puddle, you know, sleeping in a puddle of ashes. So I don't know if her name was just Ella or Eleanor or Elena. But anyway, they gave her a shitty nickname because they're assholes. Um... And so they said, no, you stay here and cry in the fireplace because you're terrible. And we're going to go, you know, get married by this prince. Just one of us. I don't think this kingdom, they're in the inbreeding, but not plural marriage. So just one of us is going to marry him. But then the other one will benefit because we're terrible um, uh, codependent assholes. So they go off to the, the ball with their mother. Um, Cinderella's dad is off doing something. I think he sailed around on a boat a lot and uh, collected interesting diseases. Um, and so Cinderella went out to her mother tree and, you know, cried and was sad. And the tree shook its leaves and dropped down a walnut or a couple walnuts. Maybe just one walnut. Maybe it's one walnut for a dress and one walnut for transportation. So the first walnut had a beautiful uh, dress that was uh, bright like the sun. I can't remember which order it goes in. It goes like sun, moon, stars. We'll start with the sun. That seems reasonable. And then the, uh, so they had a beautiful dress and beautiful shoes. And then the second walnut had like a Vespa. So Cinderella goes to the ball in her beautiful walnut dress because walnuts are bigger on the inside. It's like a TARDIS. 
that's the magic of fairy tales. So she dances with the prince, and he's like, this girl I haven't really talked to dances wonderfully, and she's kind of hot, so this is amazing. And she had to go... I don't know why she had to leave in this one, because there's no fairy godmother who said, you know, you need to come back by midnight. I think she just got tired. She probably got a blister, because her shoes were probably made out of just fur, which can't be that comfortable for dancing. Um, so she ran away at some point, and then... The sisters came home and they're like, ah, oh, this, this skank bitch was dancing with the prince all night. We can get anywhere near him and I hope she dies in a fire. And Cinderella just smiled to herself. I think she hid the, I think she shoved the dress back in a walnut and like threw it back up in the tree or hid it under her bed or did something. Um, so the next night she goes back out and cries to the tree and it throws down uh, some walnuts and the dress is uh, um shimmering like the moon and so she goes to the ball again and dances with the prince and he's like yeah this is a great decision we've we've encountered each other for like a whole 60 minutes this is gonna work out great and then she leaves again before he can you know seal the deal or ask her her name or something i don't know would she tell him his name tell him her name maybe not and then the sisters come home and say the same thing they're like oh we gotta get rid of her and the third night Cinderella goes and her dress is uh, shimmering like the entire night sky and she she goes and dances with the prince and they don't exchange any pertinent information again um, because that makes sense. And then uh, finally the next day the prince is like, he tells his parents, I only want to marry this one woman. I don't know anything about her. She had really great clothes and uh, yeah. Uh, she left behind her shoe this last time though because... I was kind of chasing her as she left because that's healthy and uh, kind of stepped on her heel and her shoe got left behind. So her parents said, and this might be the inbreeding talking, they said, go find the woman who fits this shoe and son, that will be the lady for you. And so he said, that seems reasonable. So we went all around the kingdom trying this shoe on people and I'm thinking, was it because it was a magical bespoke shoe that it only fit Cinderella? Because I'm thinking, you know, modern shoes, there's only so many sizes, like somebody would fit that shoe. Um, and I'm thinking it had to smell pretty bad. It was made out of fur and she danced in it. So just imagine him taking around this sweaty fur shoe uh, and trying it on like hundreds of maybe thousands of women who were like well, maybe peasants, a lot of them who didn't bathe. It just seems like a really gross shoe. Uh, so anyway, he finally gets to Cinderella's house, and they, uh, I think somehow the sisters, they were pretty smart, even though they were bitches. They found out that uh, Cinderella was the girl, and they locked her in the cellar, maybe, or somewhere scarier, like a closet, put her in a bucket, I don't know. And they tried on the shoe. The first sister tried on the shoe, and her mother noticed and I don't know, did they go into another room? Were they like, oh, you can't see her ankles when she tries on the shoe? Because why else was the prince not there watching them try on the shoe and seeing what they ended up doing? Did he just, like, go, like, take a piss? I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. But anyway, the first sister is in somewhere secret trying on the shoe, and her mother says, oh, it fits perfectly except for your, your heels. Just fucking it up. Just cut it off when you're... A princess you won't have to walk around people will carry you around so the sister says okay and she cuts off part of her heel and shoves her foot in the shoe and she limps out and she says it fits and the prince says all right and then they're riding off and this is the best part of many best parts and as they're riding along these birds in a tree start singing this song and they say 
Choo-choo, choo-choo, there's blood in the shoe. That is not the girl for you. And the prince always listens to birds who speak English. And he looks down and he sees, uh, you know, just blood running all over his carriage. And he's like, that is so gross. Like, turn this around. This is not the right girl. And you would think he would know by her face. Like, did he not look at Cinderella's face the entire time they were dancing? Was he, was he, like, high on some kind of, you know, medieval ecstasy? I don't know. So then he goes back and tries it on the second sister. And, like, can you imagine her sticking her foot in this just, like, bloody, sweaty fur shoe? So anyway, her foot fits perfectly except for her toes. And her mother says the same thing. She's like, cut off those toes. You're not going to need to walk around when you're uh, a princess. And so she cuts off her toes and shoves her foot in the shoe and stumbles out and says, wait, wait, let's get married. And the prince is like, all right. So then they're riding away and the birds say the same thing. They're like, holy fuck, look at all that blood. That can't be the right foot for that shoe. Why are you so stupid? And uh, he looks down and sees all this other blood running. And he's like, oh my God, this is so gross. And he turns back around and dumps her out and says, okay, so this is the last house in the entire kingdom. Is there anyone else who lives here? And I think by this point, Cinderella has like clawed her way out of the cellar um, with a jackhammer. I don't know. And she shows up and she's like, let me try it on. And so... At this point, I have to imagine the shoe is just like a clot of blood with fur. And I'm like, anybody could put that on their foot and say it fits. So she puts the, or maybe she showed him the other shoe or showed him the walnuts or I don't know. She somehow verified her identity, which he obviously didn't know that much about to begin with because he didn't know that those other women weren't her. Anyway, so they drive off and they live happily ever after in the, the evil sister's and the mother, like, get their eyes pecked out by the birds, the helpful singing birds. Um, and so they lived on Happily Ever After. And that is uh, my retelling of Cinderella. Um, so, yeah, that's a big hit with the uh, bloodthirsty middle schoolers, even without the profanity. I think they just put it in in, in their own minds. Like, they can tell I want to say all the profanity, but so I think their mind just puts it in for them. Uh, so that's my story. Um, I don't think I have a Cinderella song, um, that I can put on the podcast this time around. Let me see what we should, oh. okay, I found the song I'm going to put on this, this, this podcast. Uh, it's a little banjo tune about, uh, about stuff. Listen to it.
cheerful little song if you like the banjo um you should check out my band the astro hillbillies i play more banjo in that than i do in most other endeavors uh astro hillbillies a-s-t-r-o-h-i-l-l-b-i-l-l-i-e-s just search that up astrohillbillies.com facebook.com slash the astro hillbillies uh, we entered npr's tiny desk concert contest because uh, why not try and fail at something else? It's the human condition. Uh, anyway, check that out if you're so inclined. Um, again, uh, you can go to thespindown.weebly.com or facebook.com slash thespindown or uh, thespindown.tumblr.com where uh, my picture that I found of a guy in a white sweater and a red bow tie holding a baby sheep which I accidentally called a goat, um, has been reblogged over 300 times. I just added a caption that said, uh, don't, don't hold filthy baby goats in white sweaters. Nice red bow tie, though. Um, yeah, it's like the crowning achievement of my time on the internet. Okay, so I like to end the podcast on a positive note, so I'll tell you about the things uh, I've been loving. Um, there's a new coffee shop in, uh, my neighborhood called Cafe Urbano. It, uh, took over the, the corner space of a furniture refinishing, uh, establishment called The Strip Joint, S-T-R-I-P-P-J-O-Y-N-T, um, classy, classy as fuck. Uh, but the coffee shop is really good, um, I really enjoy that a lot, so... They have all your uh, usual coffee shop things, uh, cafe au lait. Um, they do things with abulato, which is the, the Nestle uh, hot chocolate mix with the, the charming grandmother on the package. Um, it's kind of hot chocolate with cinnamon and some other spices. It's really good. Um, so yeah, Cafe Urbano on Elston Avenue. Uh, that's a good time. Um, I haven't been really reading very much. I've been listening to 
the audiobook of Stephen King's It, um, narrated by Stephen Weber. I'm enjoying that quite a bit. It's Listening to a Stephen King book makes me realize how much I actually skip of his books while I'm reading them, or like just skim over, because he just, Uncle Steve just goes on and on and on, which is, which is good. You get to know the characters really well, but sometimes I just wish that 1980s Stephen King had had a stronger editor. Um, and it's really painful to listen to uh, Richie Tozier is one of the characters, and when he became an adult, he got famous by doing a bunch of, you know, voices and imitations. And as a kid, he does some that are pretty, pretty offensive. There's a, um, like a Huck Finn, uh, Jim kind of a dialect that he does that's pretty obnoxious. And uh, kudos to Stephen Weber for, for doing that, or, or maybe not. But kind of an interesting thing to think about, the, the problematic... Uh, racism inherent in that and yeah but Stephen King's It is very excellent I can only picture Tim Curry as Pennywise the Clown when I'm listening to the audiobook and and Stephen Weber's inflection has a little bit of Tim Curry in it so I'd have to check the publication dates I'm not sure if the audiobook came after the the TV miniseries but the TV miniseries was one of my favorite things to watch as a kid I watched it when I was like 13 because that's appropriate uh so anyway, we all float here at the Spin Down. If you haven't read Stephen King's It, go ahead and read it. And that's a couple of the things that I've been loving uh, lately. Uh, so let me know what you love, or what you hate, or what I should love or hate, um, or pray to Fluffy Mac before. Or if you need some advice, personal, professional, uh, let me help you out. So uh, thanks for listening, everybody. I'll see you next time. Thank you.